Well now, this is not the Lent that any of us imagined. We probably all selected one or two little things out of our piety that we could do without for 40 days. We didn't know how much we were going to be asked to give up. When this season started, the coronavirus was just rearing its ugly head in the newspapers, and now, what have we given up? Not things that we chose, but by order of governmental officials at local, county, state, federal, all kind, even the bishop. Stop worshiping. Now that's remarkable. As somebody remarked the other day that when they were asking if this is really serious, they said, look, the casinos and the churches are closed. <laughs> if Satan and God can agree on the same thing, then you've got to take it seriously. <laughs> so here we are, having given up, oh, Mexican restaurants. Here in Texas, that's hard. We've given up dining with our friends and neighbors. We have to eat in our own homes with just our family. We've had to learn new skills or relearn old skills about communicating with spouses and children and parents. Things that we thought we had, that were way behind us because we were out making a living or enjoying life or playing golf or whatever we used to be doing before this started. We're not doing that anymore. Somebody else said, you know, I feel like a teenager again. Gas is cheap and I'm grounded. <laughs> and so, most people are experiencing a Lent like they've never experienced before. And some people I know are getting cranky about all that. They're getting upset. They're saying, what, I can't go Easter egg hunting? I can't go to visit my grandchildren or my parents for Easter? I can't come into my own church and celebrate that glorious Easter day with a packed house? The clergy are saying that. It's really weird being an Episcopalian televangelist. This is a new skill set for all of us. And so we, we're standing back and saying, what must life be like? As Patrick said earlier, I had a remarkable Lent once upon a time when I was only 25 years old. I lived in a walled and gated community. It was a prison, but it was walled and gated. And the government of North Vietnam had already deprived us of everything we had. We were not wearing our own clothes anymore. We were wearing theirs. We didn't have shoes. We had sandals. We had, two, we had cabbage soup for our meals, all of them. And not a whole lot of that. We were, I was in a cell with five or six other guys, but we were not allowed to talk to the guys in the next cell to us. So we had to figure out how to communicate with them through the tap code or through waiting till the guards went to bed at night so we could talk a little louder and let each other know how we were doing and what we were all about. Then in 
the, about the first day of February, we were called into an assembly room and told that the treaty had been signed in the war in Vietnam and that we would be going home on a schedule over the next 60 days every other Saturday. And so we could, we were pretty smart guys. We were 25 years, I was 25 years old, I could add. And I knew that I'd, we would be one of the last captured in that war, and so we'd be some of the last to go home, and that would put us at the 29th of March, 1973. And so we said, I wonder when Easter is. We need to know when Easter is. You know, Easter's not on the same day every year. It's not even in the same month every year. And so I knew from my confirmation classes that Easter is the first Sunday following the first full moon following the vernal equinox. Now, I know when Sundays occurred because the guards were off that day and we didn't get out of our cells, so we could manage time that way. And I knew when the vernal equinox was, that's March the 21st. So, if the first full moon following the vernal, if the vernal equinox was on a Friday, and the first full moon was on a Saturday, Easter would be the next day. If the full moon was on the day before the vernal equinox, it would be way late in April. So we said, okay, let's see if we can figure this out. Let's see. The last full moon that we knew about was in the middle of December. It might have been the night I was shot down on the 18th, but I, it was close. It was big. There was a lot of moonlight that night. And I had a white helmet and red hair. I couldn't hide. But, so we said, okay, if that was it, now, how long is a lunar month? Do you have any idea what that is? It's 29 and one-half days. On average. So, then you have to start counting days in the calendar and figuring out where, when the last full moon was. So we made a mistake as to when Ash Wednesday would be. Because we were going, okay, we're a bunch of Catholics and Episcopalians and various and sorted other, other uh, Protestants and Catholics and, and Christians and a Buddhist or two and some people who didn't care one way or the other. So we had to figure it out, and we made a mistake. And then, soon after, the North Vietnamese started allowing packages to come home, come in from home. And one of my cellmates, a young man named Jack Trimble, was an Episcopalian. His mother sent him a book of common prayer, not this one, 1928. Doesn't matter, because I grabbed that book because I knew that in the back of that prayer book was this would tell you how to find the Easter day. I skipped over all that golden number stuff and went straight to a day, to a table to find Easter day. It starts in like 1900 and goes to 2089, so I knew I would find it. And in 1973, Easter day would be April the 22nd. We would be home for Easter. And then we could back it up, and because on the next page it told us when that Ash Wednesday would be March 7th, and we could pick something to give up for Lent. Now, I already told you, we had already given up everything, or nearly about. But the North Vietnamese gave us two cigarettes a day, and so we could go to one. 
or some sort of thing. And we all sort of, okay, we need to focus not on our current condition, but on freedom. We know that freedom is coming. We know that we will be home for Holy Week and Easter. And we'll focus on that. And we need to show our Lord Jesus Christ how much we appreciate what he has done for us to bring us back to our families. And so, us young men, age 23, I think was the youngest, to about, well, some of the long-time guys were in their 50s already. But in my cell area, it was about 40. And so we began to discuss how it is that we could observe Lent and prepare ourselves for Easter. And so when people start complaining that they're having to give up going out to dinner, I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. Well, I do, because I kind of miss that too. But the reality is that we could give up everything save one. The only thing that they could not take away from us was our devotion to Jesus Christ. And one of the things we discovered was, after a few weeks, they started allowing us to have worship services on Sundays. And so we would all gather in one cell. Or the, some of us gathered in, in the same cell for a worship service. We did morning prayer and evening prayer. And the others who didn't want to join in were free to roam, walk around in the courtyard of the, of the cell block. So they got the same benefit we did. And as long as we were in worship, our guard would not tell us to go back to our cells and be locked down. I love long worship services. My congregants very seldom did, but, um, but you know, it was, we, we just had to rethink what it is we were doing. So we all have a choice today because we still have keys to our own doors. We can go out and come in. We can walk around the neighborhood. Now, it's true. And, you know, I used to hike a lot in the mountains out west, and I had this walking stick. And if I stretch my arm out, that gives me a nice 10-foot pole. And so we don't need to get any closer than that as we walk around. And we can measure that. And so, yes, we have to stay a, a little bit distant from our friends, but that I can, most of us can hear well enough over that 10, 6 to 10 foot difference to know what we're saying. We can share our smiles. We can inquire after their help. We can do all kinds of things because we're free people. We can't do everything because we are free people and we must choose to care for those who are endangered. Care for those who are susceptible. Care for those with com compromised immune systems and underlying health problems. And care for those, well, who are just too stupid to know any better. You know, because there's some people that say, I'm not going to do that, they can't make me. Well, that's all wonderful for you, but how about us? This is a community. The church knows that we live in a community of faith. And in this country... I've always believed that we know we live in a community. And so we do things for that. And we have a choice of seeing all of this 
these restrictions as a horrible, horrible burden imposed upon us by some outside force and blame it on everybody from China to the mayor or the bishop. Or we can say, you know what? I'm going to just pretend for the minute that I've voluntarily gave up all of this for Lent in order to focus on my relationship with my Lord. And then put that in our prayers and learn a little bit more about how much it is that our Lord Jesus Christ loves us and bids us to be in his presence in this life and in the life to come. We can make this perhaps the most meaningful Lent that we've ever had because it's not ending on Sunday. You know, the calendar says it is. On Easter Day, Lent's over. But we got this other little thing going on in our world that says, not yet. And so our Lent's going to be a little bit longer. And in the parish I serve, I'm planning on the first Sunday we can have public worship to have Easter service. Unless it's Pentecost, in which case we'll have them both on the same day. Hey. But, you know, I know people miss this, and I'm, I'm counting on it. And though there's a big difference now if we take that attitude that I'm going to accept this as a Lenten discipline, and I'm going to, to pray over it every day, every day, until the crisis is over, then I believe we will be truly blessed when that day of freedom and new life finally comes to us. There's a big difference between my my 25th year, back in 1973, and this year. One of the biggest differences is the governmental authorities are our friends. The local, the state, the federal government authorities are our friends. They have our best interests at heart. They want this country to recover in health and in industry as quickly as possible. But health comes first. And we have to do that. We, we do what we do in order that, that finally we can all walk out of the darkness and into the light. And so they're our friends. Another difference is that we have all been deprived of all the same things. There are no guards and prisoners. There's just us. And we've all, we're all living this life together. And so all of, those, all of those differences between then and now are important for us to keep in mind. We have lived a good life. We are living a good life. Jesus Christ walks with us. And if we don't believe that, that, that God is with us, all we have to do is look at a crucifix. If Jesus Christ died on a cross and suffered that ignominious torture and death, we know that he is helping us walk through our life with our inconveniences. So let us determine that we will continue that walk, that we will be with each other. Because, you know, I I have to tell people, I don't believe in social distancing. I believe in physical distancing. And I'll carry a stick around to make sure. But for social distancing, no. We can still be connected socially. 
Most of us actually have a telephone. And we can call anybody we want to. Any relative, any friend, any former associate, anybody in the world that we have ever connected with and we can be connected. Then we have all those modern conveniences of life beside the telephone. We have social media. We have Skype and FaceTime. We can actually talk to our friends on FaceTime or Skype face-to-face. We might be a thousand miles apart, but we can do that. And if push comes to shove, the post office is still working. And so we can write letters and, and cards. And those two things probably mean more than all the phone calls we can make, but let's do them all. And that's how we are, remain socially connected. That's how we keep our sanity. That's how we did it in prison. We refused not to communicate. And we should all refuse not to communicate with each other and with our Lord. So we pray. We hold each other up in prayer. And we check on each other to make sure that they are doing well. And if they're not, steer the right resources to them. Call 911. Send them to the emergency room. Do something to, to help those who are in need. Bring the food over. Because there's still people out here who don't have access to, be, to either money to buy it or, or the ability to go find it. And so bring it so it can be distributed here at Christ Church. There's so many things that we can continue to do because in spite of what it feels like, we are a free people. We're free in our spirits. We're free in our souls. We are free Christians. We can do what the Lord has sent us to do to love one another as he loved us. That's our job. And what's more, it's a joyful job. God bless you.